From mundane to mysteries. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of From Mundane to Mistress. I am your lovely mistress, D20 Dom or Natalie, whatever you'd like to call me, I probably will answer to it. I know that last month we talked about boundaries and if you didn't listen to that, go ahead, give it a listen, find out what's cool with you and what's not. This month, because it is Black History Month and I have been avoiding this topic for so many years on my podcast and in writing, I've been asked to talk about it several times and so finally I have given in to peer pressure and I guess today this is what I'm going to speak about, especially because I had a recent encounter that made me feel like it was something that I should give my two cents on. So if you're not into racial issues or you are not an ally of POC or you use phrases like that one black friend I have or I have a black friend, this is the point of the podcast when you should probably turn it off and go listen to like Joe Rogan or something else. So today I'm going to be talking about being a black woman, which is what I am who is involved in the kink community and BDSM, very heavily involved. I teach classes. I hold munches. I used to run a couple of clubs. Um, I've traveled all over the world with my kinkiness and I have found so many things that have been um, disturbing and also, you know, uplifting to me and inspiring. So I'm going to try to share both of those. So what prompted this was recently I was asked to be a part of a POC sort of centric event. And this is not the first time that I have been asked to present or talk or be present at one of these types of events, which I'm always happy to do as long as I feel safe. And I know that sounds really funny. How can I not feel safe at a POC event? Very, very rarely does it happen. But a few years ago, my partner and I, who is not POC, got asked to present at a very large scale, again, POC-centric event that was over the course of a weekend. I'd been before, I'd been with a partner who was POC before, and we had a great time. And so when I was offered the chance to teach there, I I was very excited. But quickly, the talks in emails turned to how possibly if I could find a different partner to use as a demo bottom who was POC, that would be more preferred, which is great because if I had a partner who was also a millionaire, I'm sure that would be preferred as well. But that was not my case. I did not have a partner that was POC. And so then became the very awkward conversation about why it was preferred that my partner be POC, to which I was given what I consider a very lame excuse of that 
the bruising or any marks that I was going to show on my non-POC partner would not be relatable to what would happen to the POC who were in the audience, which I'm sorry, I'm going to call complete bullshit on that. Well, we ironed everything out and we presented and I can definitely tell you that the vibe for me and my partner at this event was a little bit different than the years that I had gone before and unfortunately that was one of the last events that I did like that and shortly thereafter that event ceased to exist and even though it was ally you know POC ally friendly I did not feel like it was ally friendly and my partner, while nothing specific happened to us, we still had that interaction before the event that really left a bad taste in my mouth. Fast forward to just a few weeks ago when I got offered yet again to speak at a POC centric event here locally in Washington, DC. And I spoke to the organizers of the event. I thought everything was going well. And then I was told that no one who was not POC would be allowed in the dungeon for any of the play parties. And I admittedly was taken aback by this. I have never heard of this before. I've never been to an event where a certain type of people based on the color of their skin or race are not allowed to come to an event that maybe come to the dungeon parties to an event that they may have paid for. And, you know, I think this is a privately run function. They can have whatever rules they want to have. I'm not knocking them. I understand the concept of wanting a space that is POC safe. Okay. I definitely understand that. But what I don't understand is when, you know, trying to create a space like that, trying to create a diverse space when you exclude people. What does diversity without inclusion do? Uh, it's, it's, it's exclusion when you get down to it. And exclusion can be a part of the equation when diversity exists in social circles and communities like BDSM. Inclusion and diversity are core fundamental values for a lot of cultures, a lot of companies, a lot of communities, a lot of families. But I think there is definitely a line in the sand metaphorically for me where I start to view that as an aggression and also, like I said, just an exclusion. I don't want to create a safe space for a certain type of group of people if it means I am banning a certain type of other people. I'm happy to have the focus of a group or a talk or anything else sort of be that focus if that group's that focus. But when you start excluding people based on the very thing that you yourself would not want to be excluded from, then we have a problem. Okay. As we all know, diversity comes in many forms. It's going to, and a lot of them are visible. It's going to be age, 
which I know a lot of people have trouble with the TNG prospect as well that you will age out at 35. I am now going to age out of TNG uh, very soon and I have no problem with that because I don't really think someone who's 45 should hold the same space for someone learning and getting into kink at 18 or 19. I, I feel like that that age disparity is going to be very obvious and that can lead to predatory behavior. I'm not saying it always does, but there's a reason for that. So a visible form of diversity can be age, it can be gender, it can be a physical disability, it can be race, it can be a lot of other things. There are many, however, that aren't like religion, education, you know, the way you communicate, everything like that, you know, ensuring that you create a diverse and inclusive environment and having awareness of whether it's a visible or non-visible diversity is paramount to me at least to ensure that you not only attract and retain the talent and this and the people who you are wanting to be a part of it but also so that you can build a high performing event or environment okay and that's the thing what I had to talk about at this supposed you know thing that was happening here um that I've decided not to do is a shame because I was really looking forward to talking to people about being POC and being POC in the community. And that chance was taken away from me. You know, actually, I excused myself from that chance because the act of inclusion created exclusion. Okay. And that's what really got under my skin. That's what really bugged me the most about this is I really wanted to be a part of this but because other people are going to be completely excluded from this I was not okay with it and I couldn't be talked around to why excluding anyone was going to be okay. I think it's very important for POC people and other groups who feel like they don't have a safe space as the majority to create their own spaces where they do feel safe in. But I think when you're creating that space, if you try to create this kind of faux bubble, so to speak, where only those people are involved and everyone else is banned and told not to come, then that's going to create a problem. That's going to create a domino effect. And beyond that, what does that say to the people you might feel you're being excluded from? The whole reason you're creating this space for yourself and for the people who identify with you, whether it's race or religion or gender or anything like that, this space that you're creating is because you're saying... I believe that out there, you know, we're in the minority and we don't get a fair shake. We don't get the classes we want. We don't get this. We don't get that, etc. I totally, totally, 100% support that. I understand the need for that. But if you then turn that safe space for that group into an unsafe space, 
for another group and not even that because it doesn't have to be fair life isn't fair these groups these groups aren't fair these parties these events they don't they're not fair everyone needs to understand life isn't fair we're not owed anything again it's a private group they can do what they want but if I were someone who were non-POC and I had bought a ticket to this event this weekend-long event and then I was told oh but by the way you can't come to the party I would be upset I would feel like I was being left out and I would feel like I was being told that even though I supported this, I wasn't a, I wasn't appreciated. I wasn't wanted. I wasn't anything at all. And that's kind of where I came from. I politely bowed out of working with this group because I do have partner who is not POC. But beyond that, I don't want to be a part of any group activity, um, event, anything outside of an agreed upon scene where we're doing race play or, you know, race play, reverse race play or any of these things that aren't agreed upon as a whole, as a collective. I don't want to be brought into a group that's already decided, hey, you know what? Only people who look like us and that's it. And beyond that, I guess what I was really thinking was I know so many POC who are every shade of the rainbow. They're all beautiful. They're, they, they range from all kinds of colors. And so then it becomes a sort of question of how much POC do I need to be to be considered POC? And if I don't look like you or her or him or etc. But I am POC. Um, maybe I'm just a lighter tone than other people. Am I going to be questioned on my POC status? And so with that said, I think I've made it very well known to this group, other groups, and just in general, that if you have a POC centric group and you are looking for someone to talk at it, I will I would love to talk at it, but I'm not going, going to affiliate myself with any groups that exclude any people. It's much different if I'm going to a femdom event, which is a choice people are making. They, they want to be a femdom. It's going to be very different if I'm going to a pet play thing where again, people are choosing to do this. But when we get to, you know, the nitty gritty of you can't come because you don't match what we think POC should look like, then I have a problem. I have a really big problem with that. And I know it's Black History Month and I know this sounds anti-black and it is in no way anti-black at all. I say this so much. I'm really proud of my heritage. I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of all the struggles that I've had personally and I respect and give space for people who have had either better or worse, you know, life experiences than I have being a POC person, but I will not, I will not step down to that common denominator that I've experienced of just judging people based on what they look like. And, and that's why we even have the word ally. 
You know, we have the word ally because it means you're not one of us, but you support us and we appreciate that. And so if you're going going to allow allies to attend the event, which is what I thought I heard, but then not allow allies to participate in the, you know, a, a part of the event that they paid for, then I'm not okay with that. And even still, like, I even if it was one of those things where no POC are allowed to even buy tickets to this event, um, let alone come to the play party, I absolutely would have said no even then. So I think it's really important that people understand that sometimes inclusion can include exclusion. I know it sounds silly, but it happens because the definition of diversity has just evolved to encompass more than the number of non non-white certain people in a group and rather now it includes many categories like I said gender racial things ethnic talent background your age your global mindset all of these things one principle of diversity is the belief that no one should be discriminated against due to their religion ethnicity disability gender expression or age and a lot of the groups I'm a part of a lot of the places I've been at, they really embrace diversity and they diversify the, the people who are presenting and the people they have helping. And they're trying to create a very comfortable and productive space for everyone. Diverse mindsets and perspectives really allow what I think is already, guys, we're already in a marginalized group. We're already into weird BDSM kinky shit. And so the last thing we want to do is make that pool even smaller smaller but when you when you do include a lot of diversity or at least allow the allies of diversity that's going to help improve you know what's being offered and kind of the customers or you know whoever's attending the attendees experience and going to give you some cultural influence and some different advantages and hopefully you know maintaining and retaining whatever talent you've set in place for that. And that's where I stand on that. You know, diversity can always benefit people and always benefit these sort of events. It's really important that we remember that diversity without inclusion is exclusion. Okay. It's not a catchphrase. It's really, really, really simple. Because without inclusion, then these groups, these parties, these events, they're going to fail to leverage their diverse talent pool and incorporate other perspectives and involve different approaches. And in my mind, you're just setting yourself up to fail when you want to maximize your success. Because in this last example where I had, you know, I had to step back. Now, in my opinion, this group has lost a really talented, thank you very much, um, femdom's perspective and been able to talk to people. One of the things I get a lot at events that I'm at and that I teach at and that I talk at is I get a lot of POC come up to me and say, I don't see other people like you doing this. I don't see other POC black women 
femdoms who are willing to get up, stand up, share their experience, talk about themselves or how I can navigate the scene if I fall in this category. And so now, unfortunately, this group has lost out on my perspective on that all because the inclusion created exclusion. And so it's never, ever, 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 ever too late to start inclusion. Okay. Inclusion starts with the word I. So start today and leverage the voices and the different leaders of all, you know, all walks of life who believe in your cause and who can pave the way for diversity in these groups and in these workplaces. And even if diversity isn't at the forefront, of every single events mantra, hopefully the more we're, we're aware of it, the more it'll grow over time, the more it'll become globalized, etc. One of the things I hear often and what I was told at this group was the purpose because I asked why no non-POC allowed at the dungeon and they told me because they had gotten good feedback from less than 20 people last year who attended that this was the first space where they felt like they had they had all POC and I'm sure that was the case because as I said there were less than 25 people and this year was projected to be about three times as many people and so I think that just happened to be a byproduct of who was in attendance versus a purposeful thing which is what they were trying to create this year and all I can say to that is people who feel unsafe, I guess, or feel like they're not being represented at events because I, I hear this a lot. I hear people say there's not a lot of POC at this club or at this event or here or there. And I, I sound like a bitch when I say it, but like make it happen then. If there's not enough, go show your face, show up, bring your friends, make your presence known. That has been the best way for me personally to feel like I have been a part of the BDSM community. And I'm under no delusions here. This hasn't been an easy sort of ride for me over the last 12 years of being into BDSM. It wasn't No one has ever said anything, thankfully, very rude or racist to me in that way. But I've seen it happen to other people and I've tried to step in when I can. But for me, my main, main driving idea behind it all has been there will be no change in this if I don't show up to be that change. I'm just one person. And for a while, that's all it was. At a lot of events, I was the only POC woman there. And I just kept going because I can't let spaces that don't feel like they are not for me become spaces that are not for me. I don't want there to be spaces that are not for me. I want to be welcome in every 
freaking space, okay? I want to see brown faces and other faces and all types of people. I want to see everyone there, okay? I know it sounds... I know it sounds wholly idealistic and I don't, I'm not trying to sound naive in any way at all. I know being black and being kinky is not easy. I know there's a lot of stigmas that come from our own community that doing BDSM stuff is like freaky white people shit. And, um, I've heard that several times and the only way you can stop being freaky white people shit is when it starts being freaky everybody shit, freaky black people shit, freaky, you know, whatever shit. It can just, it can be freaky shit that we all do because we are all a part of this community together. And the only way we are going to be able to see that we are all part of this community is that if we all show up for this community, okay? There's a lot of sex positive POC women on on social media. There's a lot of other websites um where people have things that they have up that other people have had talks about this. Um but it's important that you show up. That you show up and that you don't get this chip on your shoulder because this is, this is the place where guys, we're really supposed to let it all hang out. Okay. We're all just here. We're all just being ourselves. Um, but whenever I, I encounter events like this, or I encounter profiles, a lot of the times I really like someone and I want to follow them or they're a very prominent, you know, sex positive speaker, um, I'm using air quotes here, um, who have written books, who consider themselves woke, etc., etc., who are just fucking being prejudiced to other people. And I cannot get down with that. I just cannot get down with that because I know we have this notion, I'm not going to get into it, about black people being racist or being prejudiced or being this or etc. And yeah, by the definition of, of racist, we cannot be because we're marginalized people and yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to get into that today, but I think that absolutely POC people can be really, really recalcitrant to change and to accept new ways and to try and show ways to other people that maybe aren't ways they've done things before. Okay. I'm not trying to redefine racism in any way, but what I'm saying is we have to understand that the more we exclude non-POC from the conversation of whatever it is we're trying to do, then the more alienated people are going to feel. And that's pretty much where I stand on that. I'm not going to, (laughs) I'm not going to try and change anyone's mind, but you know, racism is, is kind of about the color of your mind and not your skin. I mean, yes, we will be 
we will be judged on our skin always like that's how that's how life works that's how people work people see us as people first and so we will be judged on our skin but what keeps someone coming back to that thought of oh my gosh they're different is going to be the mindset if you look at children they don't even they don't even really realize that until we teach them that until we teach them that someone looks different and so therefore we're gonna treat them different and that's kind of where I'm at I don't want to treat anyone different I'm not on that bandwagon of all lives matter or anything like that all I'm saying is within the kink community I think it's a fine line of having a group that is inclusive that does not exclude people okay I'm not trying to, you know, talk about anything other than the literal blind spots, you know, being color blinded, not color blind, I think is, is a good thing that I heard before, because the paradox of racism in the US is that people are more presidential than they really want to admit. That's been proven over and over and over and over in decades. And that's not just white people. That's not just black people. That's not just other Americans. That is Americans on a whole, even our education system. I'm so getting off topic here. Um, so that really riled me up. Okay. Um, that I wanted to be a part of a group that I couldn't feel comfortable because I didn't know how to talk to my partner and say, hey, I'm invited to this thing and I want you to be there to present with me, but you can't come to the party so we can't play with any of those people or even you can't even get into there. So that's all I have to say on that. Um, moving on because it is Valentine's Day week or not week anymore, but month. I know some of us hate this day some of us dread this day some of us celebrate singles awareness day whatever it is you do uh you do you <laughs> I don't really care about valentine's day I'm not really like that but I thought of some I saw actually I didn't think of these some really weird valentine's day gift for weird people that I thought I would share so I'm gonna give you guys um I'm going to give you guys about, I don't know, five or ten of these that I found online that I thought were really funny. And one of the first things I saw was a selfie toaster. Um, it is exactly what it sounds like. You get a mold made of someone's face and it goes inside the toaster it's on sellwild.com and you can then toast your face onto someone and then they will eat your face for the rest of their lives, I guess. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. I'd like to do that with my sub where I can just eat his face for breakfast. Um, I also saw a lot of really weird gifts vibrators that were in the shape of all kinds of weird things like a macaroon I saw a really cool eggplant vibrator which I totally respect um I saw a squirrel vibrator suction thing 
where the squirrel's mouth, I guess, goes on to your, your naughty bits, um, which again, very interesting, um, I'm all about the cannabis wine that I saw, you know, I'm in Washington, D.C., and so it's legal here, and this year, a lot of people were trying to sell cannabis wine, which actually tastes more like pink lemonade than wine, and, um, it wasn't, you know, you, you gotta be careful, don't have more than one glass if you're trying this out, have one glass, and then wait, <laughs> wait 30 minutes before you have any more. Um, I also saw a really, really cool thing that was the, the after sex towel, which I'm always a fan of. This one just actually said, this is the after sex towel. And I like that so that you know, which towel is which you're not confused when you're in that frenzy, that after sex glow where you're like, what do I use? It's just, it's the after sex towel and that's, that's pretty much it. It's good to know that you don't have to fumble because I don't know, I don't know if anyone else is, but I have like special towels that are like, okay, these are the towels that can be, that can be used and these are the towels that cannot be used. <laughs> like these are the towels that I'm going to use to clean up all of this icky, icky stuff. And the last thing I found that I thought was an interesting gift was a pair of boxers. It's on fun.com. And they were in the fashion of the game operation. If anyone has ever played that game operation, this was this, this was a pair of boxers that had the operation guy into it. And so, you know, if you want to like have a good place to kick someone in the balls, I think it'll be able to sort of line up so that you will, you will be able to hit your target, I guess. I'm not sure. Like I'm looking at these right now and I'm just, try I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what, where I would use these, but I don't know, maybe punishment underwear. So, um, I'll move on to our usual segment, which is our kinky question of the day. This question has been asked by someone named Ford and Ford wants to know, what do I do to punish my BDSM submissive? Oh, I do so many things. Um, the punishing doesn't happen if you're not bad. I just want to point that out. If you just listen to mistress and you don't do anything wrong and you're a good boy or girl, then you won't get punished. But that never happens. Sometimes I think people are only in this to get punished and not punishment punishments, but real punishments. So I have a variety of ways that I will punish someone. Um, usually I try to make the punishment fit the crime. I know that that can be hard. So when there's back talking, I've said this so many times, I punish myself with soap 
or I make my shut the fuck up serum, which consists of a variety of things. It can be a little shot glass of lemon, Tabasco sauce, and spit, or lemon juice, and vinegar, and I don't know. I, I always make like science projects when I'm in there. Sometimes I make my submissive write confessions about what they've done. That way I can you know, faux blackmail them later. I can, I can use it as leverage. Like, oh, I've got this letter that you wrote and I will send it to people. Um, sometimes I send them really on really like errands that are embarrassing. I send them to go buy a bunch of weird things all at once. So when they're checking out at like the store, it's, it's really obvious something weird's going on. I'll send them to just get, uh, three cucumbers <laughs> and a pack of Magnum condoms. And then that's it. And since I do control my submissive's orgasm, that's used a lot as punishment. I will withhold the orgasm if they're in chastity or not. I will just, I will just hide the key. And sometimes we play a game where he gets one guess a day. He can ask three questions. They can only be yes or no questions. And then he gets one guess a day on where his key is. Um, this is a fun game for me because I know where the key is. And sometimes it's right under his nose. And he doesn't even realize it. Um, sometimes I will send him to do laundry in a public place, but it's just all his own panties and things like that, where he has to go to the laundromat and do a bunch of panties. Um, I try to, like I said, make the punishment fit the crime. And when he's really, really bad, I just tally up how much... I think he's caused me an emotional damage and he must pay me that or take me out to dinner for that amount. It really all depends on how you're implementing punishment. So thanks for the question, Ford. And I think that's it for today. I'm kind of loopy because I haven't had my morning smoothie yet. I'm trying to get there, but I feel like I've made myself heard and hopefully I don't get too much hate mail about this message. If you agree or disagree, feel free to hit me up. I'm on Instagram at d20dom. I'm also on FetLife on d20dom. You guys know about my website, www.mundane2missms.com. You guys can send me an email at natalie with an I at mundaneintimist.com or d20 at mundaneintimist.com. I promise my best to answer everything that is not a dick pic. And maybe next month, if I'm feeling up to it, we will talk about the menial labor of abusive submissives, taking a break from the community, and I'll probably ramble on about other things. Until then, have a good rest of the February. And remember, be kind to everyone. From mundane to mysteries.